are demons real? To a lot of people, yeah, they are. In many different religions, demons represent malicious entities that can cause harm to humans or the human spirit. Of course, there are also people that don't believe in demons, ghosts, or anything supernatural, because there is always a reasonable explanation to why something could have happened. But what if there is more to it? What if demons do exist? Hello everyone and welcome back. This is your host Tyler. And I'm Tori. And today we're going to talk about one of the creepiest real life cases of potential demonic possession that was like such a big deal it was in court. Also for the record if I uh, mispronounce any of the uh, the medical names of the drugs or any actual names I apologize in advance everyone. I have a speech impediment. <laughs> my excuse it's true but my excuse excuses excuses it's very true anyway so this case completely terrified me and chilled me to the bone and i feel incredibly horrified for the family and what this young woman had to go through like i can't even imagine annalise's parents were named joseph and anna michelle and they had four kids all girls with annalise being the oldest her family was very religious and would often attend mass twice a week so religion was obviously a very huge part of their life. They would say grace at every meal and they would pray before going to bed. And sometimes even in the morning, they would do like a family prayer. And the family lived a pretty normal life for the most part up until Annalise was 16. One of the first incidents happened when she was at school. Annalise completely blacked out, so she says. And she began walking around in a dazed state, and people were, like, running up to her trying to snap her out of it, but they were unsuccessful. Until eventually she came to, but had zero memory of her walking around. Like, when she snapped out of this, like, dazed state, she was just like, where am I? What happened? I was not here, like, a moment ago. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? We were just yelling at you. And she's like, what do you guys mean? I, I, I can't imagine that already, because that would be horrifying of, like you know, going into a room and all of a sudden you're somewhere else and you're just like, what just happened? So everyone looked at her like she was already insane and she's only 16 at this point. The next incident was roughly a year later where she woke up in the middle of the night and her body began to convulse, causing her to wet the bed and shake uncontrollably. And these incidents kind of started off small, but they started to become more frequent over time after this second incident. And there was just, like, a lot more convulsions, and she constantly wet the bed, which, poor girl, that is horrifying. Especially when, like, you know, you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah, late teen, like, 17 or so. Shortly after this whole incident, she went to go see a neurologist, and Annalise was diagnosed with a temporal lobe epilepsy, which is a disorder that causes seizures, memory loss, and... The person would often experience visual and auditory hallucinations. She was prescribed epilepsy medicine that she had to take every day. Again, with this case, you kind of have a fight of, is this supernatural or is this scientific? She's already at the age of 16, almost 17, prescribed epilepsy medicine to help her with hallucinations. And this kind of goes into a lot of what happens to her later on of, was this just a mental disorder, or was there something more to it? In June of 1970, Annalise suffered a third seizure at a psychiatric hospital where she had been staying. She was prescribed anti-convulsion drugs for the first time, including dialatin, which did not alleviate the problem. So now she's on two different medications, one for epilepsy and one for convulsions. 
1973, Michelle graduated from school and started to attend the University of Wurzburg. If you can't tell by that name, she's from Germany. <laughs> uh, she was born in, and I'm going to butcher this name, Liebling, Bavaria, in Germany. And she was born September 21st, 1952. So by 1970, she's already 18 years old. And she's 21 when she starts attending the university. While she attended the university, she started seeing these weird devil faces everywhere. And it would happen at the most random time of the day. She began to think she was possessed because the hallucinations occurred mostly while she was praying. However, there were other times where she would walk by someone and hear demonic voices telling her that she was damned or to rot in hell. How terrifying would that be where you're just walking down the street and all of a sudden just like a random stranger you pass has a demonic face? I think that would be pretty creepy. You sound creeped out. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not, <laughs> like, what would creep me out more is maybe not demonic faces, but like ghosts. Like actually seeing entities instead of people's faces changing? I don't know. I think walking by and just seeing someone shift into a demonic face would creep the hell out of me. I don't know. I mean, a lot of ghost lore is like, oh, how you die is how you're going to basically spend your time as a ghost. So if you get run over by a car or you get your head shot off or something like that, that, you're going to be a bloody mess. God. I mean, go back to Beetlejuice. All of those deaths. True. Or there's other, like, TV shows where it's, like, they just do an echo of their death over and over again. So if you've drowned just randomly as you're walking around as a ghost, you start drowning. That was in the show Being Human. That's how they kind of describe ghosts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. But I don't know. I, I just... I feel bad for the girl. She's already on all these strong medications, and then she's just trying to live her life. She's in her 20s. She went to school. Got away from home. And now she's walking by random strangers and hearing demonic voices telling her she's going to rot in hell. I just... This poor girl. <laughs> so Annalise was constantly praying, and at first she really believed that the medicine was helping her. But then as time went by, she started to believe she was possessed by the devil. So she went to her local church for guidance, and they would tell her to be strong, pray with us, and... Come back if you ever need anything. So she kept going and going and going until the priest started to notice that there was something actually really wrong with her. And it became so bad that the priest rejected her from coming back and told her that she should seek medical advice. That's saying something when a priest is saying, no nah, girl, God can't help you right now. You need to go get medical attention. Well, also just kind of how messed up it is, where they're like, you know, if you need anything, come back to us. We will pray with you, all these things. But then they're just like, nah, never mind, go to a doctor. Seems like they weren't taking her seriously at first, and we're just like, uh, we have to do, like, the usual stuff that we do with everyone else. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And then when they realized that it was actually serious, and oh crap, we can't really help her with any of this stuff, they well, tried to send her on the right path. Right. Now, the medicine wasn't helping her at all, and even in the trial later on, they go to explain that maybe mixing these types of drugs caused a bad reaction that kind of canceled each other out. Which I know for a fact, when paired with certain drugs, 
others can react very poorly and you can have hallucinations and right and very you don't know what the side effects happen. are especially with things like this strong to help with like epilepsy seizures schizophrenia like the whole nine yards <laughs> oh yeah because things were so bad for her they just continuously got worse like this girl didn't know what to do and randomly her body would start to convulse she even kind of went into this weird psychosis type of state where she would eat spiders. She once bit the head off a bird. She would bark like a dog at people. And she even drank her own urine off the floor. This girl was just gone at this point. Yeah, it seems more like the medicines are playing a trick on her mind. Because honestly, medicines, when they're mixed together very poorly... They can do some messed up stuff to your brain. Like think that you should eat spiders or, you know, you're a dog that drinks their own pee and barks at people. Right. Of course, though, if you want to look at it from the more supernatural, spiritual side, this was a demon causing her to do this. Nah. Annalise continued to ask for help from the church, her family, and eventually her and her mother were able to meet with a priest named Ernest Alt who, after speaking with Annalise, fully believed she was possessed. And he said, quote, she didn't look like an epileptic, unquote. She doesn't look like an epileptic? What should an epileptic look like? I don't know. So maybe it's because she probably had, like, you know, sunken features, pale, you know, like, she looked very unhealthy. But maybe that was him thinking that was demonic possession, or not so that could be that... a lack of sleep and a lot of stress because of the medicines that she's taking that are not allowing her to be sane. Absolutely. That's very well a possibility. But according to him, he said that she didn't look like an epileptic. Take that as you will. Alt was able to convince a local bishop to allow him to perform the exorcism, but like I said, it had to be performed in secret. Hush, hush. Hush, hush. Church did not want to look bad, so it had to be super <laughs> hush, hush. <laughs> of course. Not that they said that, but that's my theory. The church was just like, otherwise, why would they do it in secret, you know? <laughs> Probably came back to them multiple times like, guys, we gotta do this. We gotta. And then finally, they're like, okay, fine. Just do don't it, but anyone. don't get caught. <laughs> don't get caught. You don't know us. This is the thing. <laughs> Exorcisms were mostly performed in the 1500s, but, you know, over time, they slowly died out. That is until the movie The Exorcist came out in the early 1970s. And then the church began to perform them more frequently. Which I think is kind of interesting how a movie can affect a church and what they do within the church. <laughs> like, they, they probably went from doing maybe one exorcism a year to like, here's a truckload. <laughs> Probably not even one a year. Probably one every, like, six or seven years. Right. <laughs> I just I just think it's so funny how the movie comes out and now everyone's like, I'm possessed. We need an exorcism. Which, I thought The Exorcist was actually supposed to be based off of this case. Or is that just The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Just The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, the Exorcist, I don't think, is based off any particular case. I think they took from, like, a lot of different cases over time but not one specifically Annalise's exorcisms lasted for 10 months and each session was about four hours long and there were a total of 67 exorcisms in the span of this 10 months 
They were all performed by Alt himself, and another priest that assisted him with the rites and prayers. Though I couldn't actually find the name of the other priest. I, I guess he wanted to become Hush Hush as well. <laughs> Even though he gets charged later on, but I still couldn't find his actual name. It was really annoying. While Alt did these exorcisms, he decided to do a recording of each session. So he could try and study what the, um, the devils were saying. And to try and find the best way to exercise this girl of all these, like, evil things. And the exorcisms were intense. As they began to try and exorcise the demons, weird things would happen to Annalise. She would often contort her body, causing her to break bones. They eventually started to restrain her before or during the sessions. And during the ten months, Annalise slowly stopped eating and drinking. At the end, she weighed 68 pounds and was unable to move without assistance. And then on top of it, she was reported to have contracted pneumonia. Just skin and bones at that point. Yes, yeah, 68 pounds. During the exorcisms, Annalise revealed to Alt that she was possessed by six demons. Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iskarot, Adolf Hitler, and Nero. Seemed like she could only name five, so she just pulled from the history books. Well, it was kind of funny because, okay, so the demons that possessed her supposedly spoke through Annalise and they would communicate to the priest through, like, low growls, but the demons supposedly argued with each other a lot. They said it was, Adolf Hitler was basically like, oh, I don't get how humans think that there's nothing after death because there's so much more after death. And then Iskara and Nero would be like, shut up, Hitler, you don't know what you're talking about, you have no pull in hell. Like... This would be, like, literal conversations she would be having in front of the priests. Multiple personality disorder? Uh, yes. Just with a bunch of bad guys? And they even kind of said that with all the religious upbringing, that that definitely affected her mental state. At least that's one of the scientific reasonings behind this. Is that because her family was super hardcore religious, that this fueled the fire into her schizophrenia. You hallucinate what you know sometimes. It's very interesting because all the different voices of the demons can be heard on the tapes all recorded. They were all through Annalise's voice, but you know, they're deeply like... Like low and gravelly? Yeah, gravelly, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was her, but it was like a different octave, essentially. So she became a voice actor. <laughs> Maybe, but either way, it's still really sad what happened to this girl. Of course, because none of this was her fault. No, and that's the horrible part because I, she was either affected by a bunch of demons or she had a very severe mental illness, and it's just awful what happened to her. I feel so bad for her and her family. Maybe she might have just started off as epileptic, but then mixing all of the medicines just made her a lot worse and made it look like maybe it's multiple other sicknesses or right. demons plaguing her. Throughout the sessions, Annalise would constantly talk about, and I quote, dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. Unquote. I, I think at the end of the day, she felt like she had to die to help people understand that demonic possession is a serious thing. And, and that's what that quote sounds like to me. That she's trying to atone and do something good, which is why she's enduring all of this. Atone for what? She didn't do anything. I know. 
But but that's what she would say. Sadly, Annalise eventually died of malnutrition and dehydration on July 1st, 1976, at the age of 23. Annalise's parents and the priest were charged with negligence, homicide, and were sentenced to the court. And the trial started on March 30th, 1978, almost two years after her death. Before the court, doctors testified that Michelle was not possessed, stating that this was a psychological effect caused by her strict religious upbringing and her epilepsy. During the case, Michelle's body was exhumed and all its tapes were played to the court, and the court got to listen to all 67 exorcisms that took place over the 10 months before her death. And even the bishop that gave Alt permission said that he was not aware of her alarming health condition when he approved of the exorcism, and he refused to testify to the court. That was the big... I had nothing to do with this. I'm innocent. Me and the church are innocent. Absolutely throw all under the bus. Of course. Yeah. Because churches can't do anything bad. No, of course not. Of course not. They, he would never have approved of that if he had known. Even though Annalise was going to the church for help for months <laughs> before the exorcisms. Was he the one that sent her to get medical help? Or maybe that was someone else? Uh, so the bishop was the someone, one that was in charge, but it was some of the priests that worked for that church. Because obviously someone from the church knew right. about her mental stuff, which is why they're like, no, you need medical help. Well, with the amount of time she would go there for help and assistance, I imagine just about all the priests or nuns knew who she was. So then how can the church really say like, oh, we didn't know. We really didn't. We didn't know she was sick. Right. We thought she was demonized. Like, yeah. how? I don't... Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And it was them not wanting to take responsibility for what happened. So the two priests were found guilty of manslaughter, resulting from negligence, and were sentenced to six months in jail, which was later suspended and they were given three years of probation. The parents were exempted from any punishment as they had suffered enough already. Sorry, how long were they in jail? They were sentenced to six months in jail which was later suspended, and then they were given three years of probation instead of jail time. I mean, I don't know if that's a fair... I mean, that's definitely not a fair sentencing. They killed a poor girl because of their stupidity. I mean, and to some people's eyes, they were trying to help the girl. To other people, it was their fault she died. The church even turned on them. I know. It's, it's a really horrible situation no matter how you look at it, because Annalise died in the process of this. And the parents were exempt from any punishment as they had suffered enough already. And this is a criteria for sentencing based on, like, a German law from, like, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. So if, like, the family suffered enough, they're like, you're not going to jail for allowing this to happen to your daughter. You're, you lost a life. We, nothing's going to happen to you. It, it's, it's a rough situation no matter who's put in it. And they didn't know what to do with their daughter. She, she was eating the head off birds. She was drinking her own urine and eating spiders. Like, I, I don't know how I would react if I ever had a kid and I saw them do that. I would be mortified. Take them to a psychiatric hospital. You know, back in the 70s, psychiatric hospitals were like... Oh, yeah, true. Pretty horrible. You know, it, it, it's a rough scenario no matter what. After her death, Annalise's grave became a place of pilgrimage for people in the church. And years later, um, a very famous movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which was made in 2005, was made and was loosely based off the case of Annalise. And it was a fantastic movie if you guys haven't seen it. 
<laughs> I thoroughly enjoy that movie. I think it's super creepy. And it's like a modern day version of this whole case. And lastly, on June 6, 2013, a fire broke out in the house where Annalise Michelle lived. And local police said it was a case of arson, but some locals think it might have been, you know, had a little something to do with the exorcisms that were going down there. So many years later? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's kind of weird that the house did burn down, though. Not really. I mean, it could be like a loose pipe and Well, they said it was arson, so someone set it on fire. Could have been a fan of the case that's like, oh, I'm going to prove this more realistic, that she was filled with demons, and I'm going to blow this house up. I don't know. Something like that. Either way, Tori, overall, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the real-life case of Annalise Michelle? The poor girl had probably at least one or two mental disorders. Possibly, no, I don't want to say like a, a brain tumor, but she definitely had something wrong with her mentally. And the medicines being mixed together probably didn't help. They probably created all of the, like, devil hallucinations and made her think that she was a cat so she bit off the heads of the birds and ate the spiders and drank the urine and barked and all of that stuff. I've said this before during this podcast many times. Mixing medicines can mess with your mind. I've personally experienced that. Not it messing with my mind, but someone close to me. And that is terrifying having to go through something like that it really is and not knowing because she's not purposely mixing these things thinking oh my god i'm gonna get all of these hallucinations from it it's gonna be so cool (laughs) no she thinks that they're actually (laughs) she thinks that they're actually going to help her and that they are helping her but they're making her a lot worse yeah so do you think the um her religious upbringing, you know, affected the way things kind of turned out that made her believe she was possessed? Probably. I mean, I know that around that time, a lot of Europe was still religious Mm -hmm. to some extent, but how hardcore her parents were, I feel like that did play a big part in it. Um, She probably read the Bible every night. So she knew these demons and angels and everything by heart. For some reason, she added Adolf Hitler and Nero, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Curious, do you believe in demonic possession? I believe in ghosts. I believe in demons. Yeah, I guess there could be demon possessions. I know I've seen other videos that literally are supposed to be about demon possessions and Mm -hmm. there's no human way possible that some of this stuff could happen yeah like people somehow learning latin and speaking it fluently not just that but being pulled i think there was one video where like a kid was like pulled back but there was no one behind him and you can't even see like his shirt being tugged or anything like around his waist or anything like that and it's not just a you're pushing yourself back Mm-hmm. It was like a force pulled him back kind of we'll thing. We'll have to try and find that video. I'm going to see I know. <laughs> like, there's a lot of... If you look up, like, top ten demon possessions, it's probably in there. I'm sure there's a chills video on it. 
Um, so I do think that there are demon possessions, but this one in itself, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. Um, I mean, obviously we weren't there, so we don't know for sure. And this is just based off, you know, sources that I found online. So maybe there are things that were a lot worse that really you can't explain. Maybe there weren't. Maybe this is a pretty straightforward case. I, I don't know at the end of the day, because I do believe in forms of possession, but... I don't know. I, I do think the medicine was messing with her too much. So I think I agree with you on that. Oh, yeah. In this case, it was like 100% the medicine. Like, no doubt in my mind it was the medicine. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. If you're out there and uh, listening, tell us what you think. Tell us on uh, Twitter or Instagram. Do you think this episode was a case of mental disorder or do you think it was demonic possession? Give us your thoughts and theories. And we'll give you guys a big shout out on next week's episode if you do. And like always, if you have any stories that you want to share with us or if you have anything that you guys want us to look up, whether it's a monster in your area or some creepy legend or even a horror movie that you guys want us to see, whether it's scary or ridiculous, comment below and we will... Definitely listen to it and get back to you guys. Yeah, and you can also reach out to us um, if you go to my website, tylernaismith.com. I have my email there. You can send us some uh, some nice little info if you don't want to send it to us on Instagram or Twitter. All right, everyone. We will see you guys next week. See ya.